If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hey everybody, welcome back to another rendition of Spirit of the Week. Um, I'm Anne. Uh, I'm Brittany. Yes, and we uh, have such a lovely guest to share with you this evening. She's a ray of sunshine that came to life. Rainbows pouring out of every orifice. She's basically that sheet of like Lisa Frank stickers that you don't want to use because they're so precious. Oh my God. Show them to everyone. That's the perfect description. And if you can't tell already, we have Scarlett Shepard here. You guys. That Lisa Frank stickers thing, y'all, I'm, that's my new email sign off um, uh-huh. <laughs> or my new, that's my new byline of my life. And the sweetest thing. I just love you guys. Thanks for having me. Oh my gosh. Thanks for joining us. We have not seen you in so long. I haven't seen you. I know. Brittany, but, um, I don't think I've seen you. When is the last time I actually like saw you? Not probably, on TikTok. Probably when I peaced out at Totally. Well, wait, was anything, did anything happen after that? We saw each other at Laura's wedding. That was, that was no, that, that was, that was before. I don't know. Were oh, you God. at, Scarlett, were you at, um, at Adam's karaoke birthday party? No, I was, I think out of town for that. So it's been literally a year since it's I've been seen. over a year. Oh, I hate Ew. this. Yeah. Um, There's parts of quarantine I like, but this is the shit I hate. Yeah, it's obnoxious. Um, For anyone who doesn't quite know, the three of us all have in common and know each other because we all worked at this production company called Totally TV, um, which makes uh, kids content on YouTube. And I think the best part about it is that we met each other. (laughs) 100%. And the coworkers are by far the best part. My gosh, like I wish that I could like go and play with the people that used to work there every single day, like, and just have fun and like create cool stuff. It was a creative, cool place. A lot of the time, just, you know, when left to our own devices to create, it was just a big playroom for grownups to make stuff in, you know, there was some great stuff about it. And especially because there were creative people there, you know, like, you guys. I think like, the people that were actually doing the work and like creating the content were all females. I mean, there's like one or two males that was involved um, with like writing and producing for the most part, like that was a 
just a big warehouse full of females, like doing mm-hmm. their damn thing. And like, I mean, I don't know what the count for subscribers and viewership were, but it's, it was high. So like, it's successful. Like what you guys created was like, so cool. Yeah. It was always very inspiring to go because it was inspiring to like, watch your friends make something on this like huge level and like be a part of it, but also just be in this room of like actors that would rotate in and out, you know, people that would only come in every once or two weeks or so. And just like everyone coming in with their best tidbits and helping everyone they knew with actor stuff or any information they had to like share with everyone. So the actual community of people there was like really fun. And it made me like always happy that I went to work that day. And like the specific person connection is Miss Laura Elizabeth Hall. And since lockdown began, I think Laura has forwarded to me three jobs I've done. And she just referred me to her manager who I just joined. So like, it, it's just, it's that kind it was that kind of environment. It still is where mm-hmm. um, we just, I think we, cause it was kind of a tough place to work. We're all really protective of each other. Yes. And there's a lot of drama. When people left, we would feel guilty for staying because really it was the people that we stayed for. Right. And then, I, understand, I understand that. <laughs> yeah. But it brought me to you guys. I just can't imagine not yeah. having this new group of women in my life. I literally can't imagine what I would have done. I feel like 20, 2019 and 2020 was the year that a bunch of women were brought into my life, which is funny. Hey, this is kind of a segue. I'm not a big manifesting person. I'm not a, Mm. I don't do a whole lot of that intentionally, but I remember thinking in 2019 and saying out loud to a few people, I think it's important when you say it out loud, I'm learning that I felt like I wanted more female friendships. I had been in a, like a serious relationship with a boyfriend for like eight years and you know, your person becomes your person. And then I just saw this gap in my life and I was like, ah, I need more women in my life cut to then totally TV happened. And then I was cast in a play early last year where I was spending hours at work with a bunch of women, then commuting to a rehearsal with a cast of a cast and crew of 99% women. Mm -hmm. It was just funny. It was funny how that worked out. And I never gave a lot of credence to that before that. So I, I mean, I, I do give a lot of credence to that. And I'm, I'm very big on if at the very least, like writing that stuff down, like I have notebooks that like you would look at them and go, who is this psycho? <laughs> but, like I tend to like write things down in lists and then I like doodle all over them and then like write them down. I don't know. I mean, not, you know, nothing's complete magic or like you've got to put your own effort behind it, but I think it reminds you to put effort behind it. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I give it credence now. I'm a total convert. I made a dream board this year for the first time in my life as a near 30 year old. So yes. something has changed. Ooh, I love that. It just feels like you're like kind of putting like accountability on yourself by doing that. And sometimes that's hard for me because I'll, I'll write like you and I'll write like 10 lists of like, this is my goals for the years. These are my goals for each month. I need to break it down because that's what that book that I read said that I need to do small bites. And then sometimes when I look at it after it's like, oh, there's tangible evidence of the things I didn't do sometimes. Mm -hmm. So I'm trying to be more intentional about like, which things can you manifest because they're not 
goals that are set by other people, like hitting a number on a platform or something like that's completely out of my control ultimately. Um, so I'm trying to do more things like I want to be reliable. I want to be seen as a reliable person to, uh, everyone else. So I need to be reliable to myself first. So I'm trying to like, go after like, what kind of person do I want to be rather than like, oh, when I hit this huge milestone, I'm finally going to be quote unquote happy, you know, or a happier, better version of myself who doesn't get hard on herself anymore. You know, I'm trying to speak it to the universe instead of just writing it down and then going, oh my God, I didn't, I didn't do all these things. Yes. Love that. Totally. Like, like New Year's resolutions always end up making me sad because Mm -hmm. Yes. I'm not a, I'm not a perfect person by any stretch of the imagination, but I am typically pretty hard on myself every day of the year. So the resolution always seems like, it just seems like an unnecessary kick in my own pants. Like why do that to myself when I'm already holding myself to such sometimes unfortunately high expectations and rigid ones like you're talking about, Brittany. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Resolution, New Year's resolutions tend to feel like, I don't know if cages is the right word, but it just like, oh, like I, like it, like for like specific, like I'm going to eat less bread or I'm going to eat, or I'm going to go vegan this year. Just like something like that. Like instead of like hard edge goals, I like to go, I would like to, like Brittany was saying, like be more responsible, be more, you know, I would like to be more gracious or like have more gratitude or like, you know, and that changes day by day. Like I might not be grateful for like 99% of the shit that happens in a day but like maybe there's like one thing that I'm like oh I was really glad that my pillow was like nice and clean and cold for me to put my head on to like I don't know blah 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 Mm -hmm. Uh, should we talk about ghosts let's talk about strange feelings gersh you want to talk about Yes, Scarlett, we're so interested. Do you, you know, this is a huge question, but do you believe, have you had experiences? Uh, I know you have like witchy vibes in your blood, so I can't wait to hear all about it. (laughs) Absolutely. I have a pretty weird relationship with the, um, with the paranormal side of things. I had an unorthodox childhood where I went to ghost hunts, I would say monthly from ages like eight to 14. I'm um, so jealous. <laughs> like with EMF detectors and what? Um, dowering rods and no. the whole thing. You guys remember Scary Spaces on Earth? There was like this rash of reality TV all about this. I watched all of them. Same. And I, they always scared me. Well, I don't know that they always scared me. I was a sensitive child, but I got kind of desensitized going to these places in a way. So I remember uh, having some kind of psychic type incidents as a very young kid, not so young that I like couldn't communicate, but like elementary age. And I was lucky to have a parent, my mom, who was really open to hearing that stuff and really never brushed me off, never made me feel she was always like excited to hear. Yeah. Uh, didn't like pull it out of me or push any of this on me. Just created an environment where it was okay to talk about spiritual experiences and it was okay to wonder. But she, my mom, as a as the ghost lady in my hometown, she leads, she founded the Haunted Parks for Ghost Tours, which were inspired by a trip we uh, to New Orleans when I was like five. 
Mm-hmm. Um, my mom's a writer and she was really obsessed with Anne Rice and Interview with the Vampire. So Anne lives in New Orleans. So she kind of, we took a pilgrimage to New Orleans to see Bourbon Street in the French Quarter and see Anne's um, house. And uh, we went on the walking tour there and she was like, our tiny little podunk town in West Virginia has more ghost stories than this, like Civil War era stuff. So she went home and she wrote this beautifully researched, it's more a history tour than anything. It's kind of clickbait. It's fun and it is ghosty, but she's a history nerd. So it's all based in like Civil War history and stuff. And um, I think that is exactly the tour I want to go on. It's hella cool. Just as much as I love ghosts. You, well, there you go. I mean, it, they're inexplicably kind of linked because ghost denotes that something happened in the past and you have to become like a detective of the past. So that's uh, that's what I grew up doing a lot of. So she, what I was about to say is over time of being known as the ghost lady and people emailing her every picture of every ectoplasm, every orb, <laughs> every <laughs> speck of dust in their film was in my mom's inbox. After like 15 years, she was like, it's not a ghost. It's not a ghost. Please stop emailing me. I can't. I don't want to burst any more bubbles. This is becoming more emotional labor than I have time for. Also, at a certain point, she was like, yeah, it's a fucking ghost. It's a ghost. (laughs) First F-bomb of the night. It's a fucking ghost. And you're going to be fine. You're going to be fine. There is At a certain point, she stopped having patience and she would just respond with, no ghosts have killed anyone. Go back to sleep. Stop emailing me, please. Or if she was in a slightly better mood, she'd be like, you know, just burn some sage. Just tell them that you hear them, you see them, you, uh, you know, you just validate that the ghost, you know, is there. Sage, say thank you and send them on their way. (laughs) So it's not that she became cynical, I guess partially. So I have kind of become a person who's like, I think it's more that I'm just not as interested as I used to be because I got kind of an overdose. Mm -hmm. But that's not to say I'm not interested in talking about with you guys. I'm just saying like, I probably am less open to spiritual experiences than I was as a young kid. And I think that mm-hmm. happens. I think young kids, particularly open-minded adults, and also very old people have the most connections. Most middle-aged adult people um, typically are too caught up in their own stuff to, to recognize when something spiritual has happened. Yeah. So I, I don't have any sort of recent specific experiences with the paranormal, yeah. but I have a lot of past stuff. <laughs> Yeah, no, that's, that is more than welcomed. <laughs> Let's see. Well, I remember we, w- we did a ghost hunt. The one that I vig- like vividly remember, nothing happened to me directly, but we were in a group and there's this abandoned nunnery called DeSales Heights. I mean, straight out of a Hitchcock film or something like, right. Um, it was abandoned for many, many years. And it was just as spooky as you can even imagine. It was like, across from it was like a cemetery a ballet studio that was a very old building that I used to take ballet in and this abandoned nunnery like on top of this hill in my hometown yes yes it's just the perfect place for ballet obviously 100% plus my ballet studio was very creepy and often infiltrated with bats so I don't know just a really specific part of town um we did we decided to kind of break in me my mom and like a half dozen of my mom's ghost hunter friends were like, who's going to know? Who's going to know? Let's just break into DeSales Heights in the middle of summer with our EMF detectors and our dowering rods and our cameras and just peruse this abandoned nunnery. And um, 
there were lots of rumors about this place that um, this is kind of dark and probably accurate that a lot of uh, underground secret abortions were performed there, which is which is a common theme in nunneries, I guess, across America from the turn of the century. And um, so, and also just um, wasn't a mental hospital, but just a lot of like, I think it became a hospital at some point where there was some pain and suffering and death and prime place for ghost hunting and some, but nothing happened to me. I think I chickened out about 20 minutes. And also I just felt too young to be charged with a felony. And I was like, peace out. And then, <laughs> but somebody, like, sorry, mom, I'm going to leave you to get the felony. <laughs> I'll bail you out. <laughs> you're, you're in your forties. You know, you can handle this. I need to study. I have a future. <laughs> yeah. Um, someone got scratched or claimed to have, I mean, the scratches I saw. And so that kind of calls into question this long held belief of my mom's that ghosts can't hurt you. And if you remember scariest places on earth, people got scratched a lot, but that's about the most any ghost could do. So if you just accept walking into a haunted place, you might get scratched. I guess it's not that terrifying, but it was also the skeptic in me wants to say, how is that possible? And number two, it was dark and who knows what could have happened in there. Uh, to what The way they recounted it is they don't remember feeling the scratch. It was more that they just emerged from this dark haunted nunnery. And a few hours later, we're like, what is that? So that's, it was pretty creepy. That's the creepiest thing that's ever happened. That's the like most unsettling thing that's ever kind of happened to me in that I w witnessed and was there when it happened. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then I think I, um, uh, there's this type of ghost that my mom talks about on her ghost tours called a recording, I believe. I'm, there's a few different types of ghosts. A recording is something that happens over and over again that um, it, you don't get the sense that the spirit has any sentience. It's more like um, a glitch in the matrix kind of. We often saw a gentleman walk through our backyard, um, but just past like one window. It's never for more than a couple of seconds, but like catching something out of the corner of your eye enough times in the same spot Mm -hmm. with no explanation like happened like once a week for a year period in our little Ooh. town in our house and like in the, the same direction that's so creepy in the same direction in broad daylight only one window I think one particular area of the backyard that maybe we could see through two windows okay. depending on the angle to the point where I mean it, it was a gentleman with like dark wavy black hair which looked a lot like my uncle Dave who basically looks like Hagrid just really looked like him and so to the point where the first couple of times it happened, my mom and I'd be like, was Uncle Dave over here? Like looking at our air conditioning or like, why, why would he be here? And of course, no, he wasn't. So, so that's what she would refer to as a recording, which I think she would tell you is the majority of the, the hauntings she, she was called about or emailed about was like, I keep seeing this one thing. And she was like, you really don't have anything to worry about because that person's just it's not even a person. It's not a soul. It's just like a visual imprint that just keeps replaying. Yeah. yeah. Some energy that's trapped in a cycle. Yeah. And it's probably not that that person needs anything from you. That person's probably completely fine and moved on to the other side, but something yeah. about they did that activity enough or just something's caught your brain and that point in space that the, it just keeps replaying. It's just stuck. It'll go away. Yeah. That's like, I, I think that's that. Co coincides with probably my biggest 
belief in ghosts in that it's just like excess energy. Like it's not necessarily always someone who's like out to get you or like needs something from you. It's just like, it just an excess energy that's either stuck, like the recording that your mom talks about, or I don't know. I, I think my, my roommate at one point talked about how like in an old house of hers, like she'd find like an older man sitting in their chair and then be gone and then sit down in the chair and be gone. And so it like, and she mentioned how that she would often have like crowded kitchens, like memories of a crowded kitchen, but then talking to her parents about it later, it's like, no, that was just us. But she's like, there were other people there. Like I felt them. Yeah. So like in a room like that, which is like the heart of your family home, of course, there's like, that is where most of the energy goes. That's where you're most active is probably in your kitchen, especially in like an old Spanish home. Mm -hmm. Like, of course, I'd say anywhere around the world, the most hectic worked in space is the kitchen. Oh, Um, for sure. Oh yeah. That's, I think that's kind of why the island, people keep putting islands in their kitchens. It's kind of like a new thing just to stand around just to like eat snacks. Like, I don't know. I don't don't know that there are any islands in like old castles that was like for the workers, but it's become a social space. Like all the Nancy Myers movies have a giant kitchen with an island where people stand and and communicate. But yeah, like this recording idea, it can manifest as supposedly in multiple ways. Like, oh, very often as sounds, very commonly doors being knocked on. There's this huge, beautiful hotel in my hometown is Parkersburg, West Virginia, where we start the ghost tours called the Blennerhassett Hotel. And I would say it's it's probably Victorian. I don't know architecture, but it's it's like 1800s. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, there were, uh, there were two things that happened a lot there. Um, it was a hotel that was also then apartments. It kind of went back and forth. Just a lot of people in and out of that place over like 200 years. And um, there would be doors were taken out and turned into walls and vice versa. So there would oftentimes be knocks on walls and people would be like, what? And then they would go and learn more about the past of the hotel. And they'd be like, well, that used to be the door to the office. So you're probably hearing, you know, the ghost of the uh, office manager pass knocking on the door. Ooh, um, yeah. Isn't that interesting? Yeah, that, that lines up perfectly with the way I think about the paranormal. That's so, very yeah, intuitive of you, Anne. Yeah. And then the other thing was the the founder of the hotel uh, was Mr. Oh my gosh, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. I know this, I know this. Uh, Chancellor was his Ooh. last name. And he notoriously smoked cigars. And uh, people oh, don't no. really smoke cigars anymore. And they're certainly not allowed to do it inside. So... When, say, guests would wake up and their hotel rooms were filled with the scent of cigar smoke, they would have questions and they would call the front desk and be like, what the heck? I paid for a non-smoking room. Did you put me in the smoking section? And they'd be like, I'm sorry, what? We don't have it. We don't even have a smoking section anymore. And they'd be like, well, it's not even normal cigarette smoke. It smells like fruity, sweet. And they'd be like, yeah, that's not to freak you out, but that is Mr. Chancellor, the ghost of the hotel. So, you know, just consider it a perk. <laughs> they had a couple, quite a few people over the years be like, okay, that's it. I'm gone. And just like check out immediately. Um, people definitely saw Mr. Chancellor in there, like sitting at the end of their bed. Yeah. Um, or at least somebody, an old man in a three-piece suit. Yeah, I'm so desensitized. I see Brittany and, and Anne's reactions to these. And because I've heard them a zillion times and told them, you know, when it was my shift on these ghost tours, I'm like, yep, 
you know, cigarette smoke, cigar smoke, you know, knocking on walls, no big deal. (laughs) I love that. I love that. I feel like if you're desensitized to it, it's just like, well, yeah, it's real. Like, yep. Yes, that's fair. You know, I think that's right. I think it's not that I'm I'm not skeptical. I guess I'm skeptical that there's anything to be afraid of is maybe where my skepticism is because I've never had a negative experience. The scratching again, but that I don't count that because it didn't happen to me. So I'm just going to assume that that ghost hunter did something really uh, disrespectful that I would never do. And I'm just going to live my life (laughs) feeling safe. That ghost was like, oh shit, did I scratch you? I am so sorry. Can you hear me? Can you hear me? I'm sorry. I have Neosporin. I am so sorry about that. Oh my God. She's going to think I'm so rude. (laughs) Oh my God. I'm so sorry. Did I scratch you? Oh God. I need a manicure so bad that I'm dead. It's really hard to book one down here. Yeah. I'm seeing my cat and I just can't control the cat. So sorry about oh, that. Oh gosh. It did kind of look like a cat scratch. Like it didn't look like a person's hands. You know what I mean? It looked like, I don't know. So it could have been cat. To get the of course they assumed it was a demon, that person, I'm sure. Right. Okay, we're going to take the quickest little break because I don't have the upgraded Zoom. Okay. And we're back. Sorry about that. I just want a quick um I I've recently gotten back onto Hinge, which is such a or like online dating, which is so stupid. I hate it. I hate it so much. I'm gonna delete it tonight. But I <laughs> some guy like liked one of my photos without making a comment. So I followed up with that and with a comment. And like, without giving too much away, he, uh, in his profile, he said that he, like a fun fact is he used to be a private detective, which this guy is 34. So like, I, I guess that's old. I guess we're old now, but like, how do, how do you, how did you used to be a private detective? Anyways. What is he, Veronica Mars? Maybe. Um, but my question to him was like, okay, so as a former private detective, are you really good at escape rooms? Not only was his response, I've never been to an escape room, but he was like, well, where were you a private detective? And I was like, I now think the private detective bit was a lie because how could you not tell that I was asking an actual prompt from your profile about your private detectiveness? Maybe this is why he was a private detective because he's not good at picking up on clues. Maybe, and maybe he was fired. he's on social media dating. <laughs> Alternatively, like, he is asking when you were a private detective because he went to annual private detective conferences in Tampa and he wants to, he's curious if you've ever crossed paths before. I love that it was in Tampa. Of all I don't know. I, I just think they were in Reno. <laughs> well, who's to say? They're sneaky, that group. Yep. That was what I did in our two minute break while we had to resume. Um, just so you guys know, that's my life right now. I just got back on Hinge today after like a month hiatus. And you always come back to pissy messages when you're gone for a month because they're like, oh, sorry, was that not funny enough for you? Or like, <laughs> I was going through a phase where I was roasting the guys and they were roasting me back. I don't know. I just came across a lot of those prompts like roast me in your first message. And I was like, okay. So I started doing it. So then I would say, okay, roast me back. And then I just, I picked that moment to go MIA. So then a lot of them were like, oh shit, oh shit. Oh God, was that too mean? <laughs> I like bad timing. 
Yeah, but good time, maybe, maybe. Um, I just completely delete it. So like, I like wipe my slate clean because I'm like, Bleh. like I want nothing to do with this. And then I always crawl. I'm a hoarder of potential soulmates. I'm like, I can't lose any of them. You're like, in a case, so, this is the one. I need our first text together. I am so literally eager to lose all of them. <laughs> As you should be. It's not, yeah. So, I mean, so far in the years that I've online dated, they've all ghosted me. Like all of them. So much so, like, I almost think we should maybe change this podcast to like ghosts and ghosters. <laughs> The men who have ghosted and, M. Yeah. And we can just have a 30 minute segment on the men who have ghosted me or like Caspered me. Mm -hmm. They stop texting me and stop like responding via text, but they'll like, like my Instagram post or like comment on like a Instagram story or something like that. So they're like, I'm cool. I'm a, I'm a cool ghost. Like I'm going to ghost you, but I'm, I'm going to be cool about it and friendly. So yeah. Cas the term ghosting isn't perfect. I think what we're trying to say is they died. We're trying to say they corpsed me, but we say ghosts should be not creepy because as we're talking about, ghosts don't leave you the heck alone. Ghosts are there when you don't expect and when you don't want. That's not what these guys are doing. They are, you're, yeah, but I mean, when they when they watch your stories, I guess that is, a, I think that is called the Casper or something. That is the Casper. That. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I don't think I made that term up. I, I, do enjoy that term because it does it does accurately describe some of my experiences but um Casper and Simba were definitely my uh, first crushes so oh Devin Sawa and JTT's voices yeah. changed my life as a kid yes. like they can do no wrong have you seen Wild America with both of them in it what oh my god it's a movie everyone stop what you're doing oh yes it's a movie from like the late 90s early 2000s yes yes, yes, yes. and it has the um the uptight mom from titanic she's the mom but she's like a cool mom in this one you know Ooh. and uh they like live out in the wild and they they go on an adventure and try and like record all these stuff in the 70s and record all these animals like in the wild and it's just classic fun oh my <laughs> god i quote that movie all the time we should what's it called wild america wild america yeah i do remember that because those two were like the pinnacle. Yeah, it was like in their prime too. And until Leo came on the scene, those like, I mean, like not like, because he was in like Family Matters or something like that. Growing Pains. Growing Pains. Not Growing Pains, Leo, but like as soon as Leo hit like, I don't know, was it Gilbert Grape? Like whatever. So it did it for me. Yeah. Gilbert What's it in Gilbert Grape? I don't yeah. know what that says about my taste in men, but that unlocked something for well you knew that it was not real true well, i think we so yeah but yeah. also i think it was romeo plus juliet as well was oh. like really not that long after and before titanic yeah and like was, by that point it was just like well the I, basketball diaries and yes. then romeo plus juliet like those were the two <gasps> like, oh my god like, what about this boy's <laughs> life oh Oh my God. He was so emotional because he could draw really good in basketball diaries and in Titanic, like his character. So I was convinced for a little while that he was like a really good drawer and they just kept putting in his talent into the movie. And I was like, wow, like I cannot wait till he draws me someday. It's just Hollywood's way of going like, this is a well-rounded man. He may be like brutish and, you know, 
but he Four. so he's sensitive it's showing that he's sensitive by showing that he can draw it was our first little toe in the water of emotional intelligence for right. for male characters but like yeah but then when you find out it's it's james cameron's hands drawing naked kate winslet you're like oh this is such the scene is no longer a turn on it no. it's so weird no oh but to the scene in the car already okay that's the part yeah. we want to watch and that's the Amen. last of the first vhs tape isn't it yes part one and part two on the double vhs tape it ends after that point and then the second tape is the sad tape it like, starts with the slap across the face oh it's so emotional yeah yeah there was some times that i would only watch the first right hs can't handle the second one right now yeah you're like it's a part one night i just want to replay them dancing in the basement with I the poor this beautiful love story i don't want any of the tragedy that i know is going to happen but if i don't have to see it i can just go mm, they floated away on that door you know, yeah. I saw the funniest TikTok that was like the husband that Rose marries after the Titanic and like <laughs> yes! he dies, he dies and goes to heaven. And he's like, oh, that's my girl. Like we had three kids and yada, yada. And then like Jesus or something is like, wait, so hold on. Like she's throwing your, your diamond over the thing. Like, didn't you work for like 80 years for a life together? And he's like, you know what? It's okay it's okay. I love her to death. And then all of a sudden when she dies, her like memories go with Leo, not even her family or husband that she was with. And he's just like, what the hell? <laughs> Isn't it him like standing at the clock, like anxiously yeah. awaiting her to come to the top. He's like, got his hand out for her. And she's like, goes to Leo. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Oh, but like, how could you say no to that face? Yeah, that oh, was no. I'm sorry. Mm -mm. I have this book from the casting directors. These these two female casting directors worked a lot in the early 90s. They cast like Julia Roberts in Mystic Pizza, which was her her oh. like breakout role. Like they cast Leo in I I forget it was one of those early ones we're talking about. I can't remember. Might have been this boy's life. And they were just talking about how he was just sitting in the waiting room and not, not just cause they're women, but like all the people in the office were like, do you see that kid sitting in the waiting room? He's like scary, pretty. And they were like, what? We see handsome actors all the time. And the way they tell it, they walk into to the like waiting area and they're like, <laughs> like <laughs> I think one of them describes him as like uh, an Italian painting come to life, just sitting in their office. And they were like, okay we better yeah we should bring this kid in we should read well I, yeah it's a cute story like, I heard something about they had like Matthew McConaughey and Leo DiCaprio up for Titanic and so whenever they brought them both in uh James Cameron noticed all of the females reactions when Leo came in like everyone was like wide-eyed and like huffy they were like oh, oh, oh. so he was like <laughs> okay I have to cast him he was just the aesthetic at the right time mm -hmm. yeah. and talented we can't and forget that ridiculously talented yeah very talented and i love that even though it does annoy me that leo dates women 25 years younger than him and like right. takes them on boats like yes it annoys me and yes i've heard some weird things but i love that he and kate winslet are friends and they're I like know. genuinely good friends i love that i, I do too i do too oh what a perfect segue into 
I mean, we went from Casper to, to here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, these are all my interests. Ghost, Devin Sawa, JTT, and Leo. <laughs> that's my only interest. Besides pickles, that's about it. Oh, I know about the pickle. <laughs> um, but yeah, do you have any other like stories or have like you ever had a ghost encounter or been been like with someone who like just utterly believed in something haunting them Mm. and if not what is maybe your favorite ghost story from that ghost walk this is a this is a I hope I'll try to keep it brief this kind of is both an answer to both of those questions and it is not necessarily about ghosts y'all it's about aliens Mm. and cryptids combined yes if you can believe perfect First of all, have you guys seen a movie called The Mothman Prophecies with yes. Richard Gere? Surprise me. I yes. can't. I'm going to be angry at you because now I'm not going to sleep. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. This is a weirdly heartwarming tale. Okay. It's not entirely heartwarming. You're, we're going to look back at that and laugh, but there are parts of it that are heartwarming. Okay. How do I connect these in my brain? You know, when you've heard a story so many times, you kind of forget like the important breadcrumbs of the story. It's just one thing in my brain. Okay. My mom and dad are now divorced, but when they were married, um, my dad was the lead news uh, director of our hometown uh, TV station called WTAP. He was the news director and my mom came in every, the first Friday of every month for the morning show to do uh, horoscopes on TV. So they were this cute little duo on TV. And uh, um, back in the 60s or 70s, a guy worked at our local TV station, whose name was, oh gosh, I don't remember. He was the other news director and he interviewed this guy called um, Derenberger was his last name. Forget Derenberger. Anyway, this guy Derenberger had a very close encounter with the men in black. (gasps) The men in black are this, they pop up in all sorts of folklore as these sort of like, these kind of, they're aliens essentially, but they don't look like aliens. They just look like two guys in black. You know, the will, uh, the, the crap names, the, um, yes, you know, the movie. Mm-hmm. Yes. So it's kind of about that, um, that. That's sort of like related to this sort of like the, um, they go before aliens to sort of check things out and they look like humans and they talk like humans and they wear dark sunglasses and they have dark suits on and they're kind of tall and very specific looking. So this guy, uh, Darren Berger, was, um, saw like some very bright lights on a, a drive in West Virginia around my hometown, a country road and sort of this bright light sort of looked like a car crash ahead of him. But before he could get close to see what was going on, this gentleman in a dark suit approached his car and asked him to pull over. This is the dead of night in the country. So Mr. Derenberger does, and he pulls over, and this guy kind of has a little interview with him. By this point, the car crash seems to disappear. There's no more lights. He's not concerned. Um, but they have this conversation. And he asks, they don't really talk about what's going on, and he kind of feels like the conversation is happening telepathically. And he just feels really weird after it happens. And time kind of passes. He can't really remember getting home. But then he's home the next day, and everything's completely fine. But then the more he uh, thinks about it, the more creeped out he becomes. And he continually over the course of the next like couple of decades sees these men in black in various places. And I think kind of starts developing headaches 
and some like weird bodily things, some like things that can't be explained by doctors. Um, isn't like in a ton of pain or anything, just feels as though he's had a close encounter of the third kind. So he goes to WTP, um, somebody at WTP hears his story and they record this long interview with Mr. Derenberger all about the men in black. So those tapes, uh, the in, this guy that he met, this man in black, called himself Indrid Cold. That's the name he gave him. Isn't that bizarre? Indrid, kind of like Ingrid, but with a D. Indrid Cold. And that those tapes were from my whole childhood, sitting in a sitting in our house in a in like a um, chest. And uh, when they were writing the Mothman prophecies. They, they interviewed my mom about the tapes and my dad, these, you know, these two people kind of related to it. And then I think we let them have the tapes to listen to as they wrote the script and then we got them back. So anyway, the Mothman separately, um, there were a lot of sightings of the Mothman and the Men in Black around the same time period in the same place in Parkersburg. The Mothman Ooh. is this giant <laughs> creature that's part moth and part man, if you can believe it. I mean, the name kind of gives it away. And he has glowing red eyes. And so there are all these stories about um, the Mothman in West Virginia and Pennsylvania. And uh, I think Mr. Derenberger had a sighting of the Mothman as well. And he started feeling like these two weird creatures were like stalking him and he was constantly seeing them. Anyway, the Mothman Prophecies is partially, there's like a section of it kind of based on that. Yeah. And that's one of my favorite stories just because this, this old farmer of West Virginia, this older gentleman who was a total skeptic, didn't believe in any of this stuff, had this very bizarre encounter and then continued to talk about it for like 50 years and trusted I think he got a lot of flack for it. Like people called him crazy and he just maintained and his story never changed, which I think is what's so compelling about it. It never changed. Um, so yeah, that's probably my favorite. And that, that makes me believe it. And that makes me feel like he fully believed that he, something had happened. Um, like his brain had been like something had uh, something had decided to track Mr. Derenberger for his entire life. Somebody was interested in where he was going, what he was doing. Yeah. That's why they're obviously following him around, making sure like seeing who he's telling all this information to seeing who's believing it, you know, just keep checking up on him. Yeah. Ooh. I mean, I, I feel like uh, the same way that maybe like certain people are open to ghosts or maybe if you have an experience you're more open because you know what to look for or you know where to look that you are more open to paranormal activities i think in the same way you know if he were to randomly happen upon something he wasn't supposed to see and that injured cold tried to like smooth things over exactly now he's on their radar and like he has seen this these men in black and also just like has a more like his eyes are more open and knows where to look knows what to recognize right it's like maybe right. maybe we see these people all the time but we look right over them because we don't know what to look for mm -hmm. um, exactly and I think the way he remembered this conversation is he felt like this person, this creature was keeping him occupied while other business was happening, like Ooh. sort of keeping him in one spot, 
well, like, because the conversation wasn't really that important. And for some reason, it slipped his mind to ask about the actual car accident he thought he was right. He just right. didn't occur to him. It was just like this, like, they were sleight just of hand little Exactly. Mm-hmm. But I think I'm trying, it's kind of, kind of coming back to me now that he asked, the injured cold asked um, Mr. Derenberger a couple of questions that obviously are alien stuff. Like, what do you call those creatures in the field over there? I think was one question. And I think Mr. Derenberger said, well, I think those are cows. They might be sheep. And he was like, oh, oh yes, yes, of, of course. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like, asked him a few questions about the environment that you would think he would know. But I think in the moment, we just, we explain it away. And I think in, he just thought, well, this guy's from out of town. Like, no, it just, obviously he's an alien. But in the moment and in the sleight of hand that we're talking about, right. um, he didn't, think and obviously what are you going to do if you're face to face with an alien be like so you're an alien cool 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 cool. tell me yeah. more about it no I think you're going to just play it cool yeah just like I get out of there I can't even imagine that like unsettling feeling of not knowing what happened like the time gaps in your own memory like that stuff really stresses me out like I hate when I'm you know drunk and don't remember like parts of the night because I'm just like oh my god like Mm-hmm. terrible like I should rem- I should know what I was up to even if it was bad I should know I should be aware like this is my my meat pocket I'm I'm in charge of you like <laughs> I can't imagine being sober and going home and just feeling this like I don't know like a ugh, just, just yeah. these blank well, spots have you ever like have you ever like um uh like been so zoned out like maybe driving home from school and you're like thinking about something like think back to maybe driving in high school like you're driving home from school and you've got a million things that's going around in your brain you're a teenager there's tests there's whatever and like I don't really do it anymore but I remember a lot during high school I would very safely drive from high school back to my neighborhood but I would reach the turn for my neighborhood and go how did, how the fuck did I get here? Right. Yes. Like that entire is gone, but like I'm, I followed every traffic rule. Like I, I could see, I was doing everything right, but like there was just a period of time that just, I don't remember Mm -hmm. getting from point A to point B. And then, oh, that's really normal. I think that's very, very common. And I don't think it's actually, I feel like the consensus is that that's not that dangerous. Like, is it better to be present and like is it safer to be hyper vigilant while you're driving? Yes and no. Like, yeah, sure. But also, um, if you're in this like Zen flow state where you don't have to think about every moment, that probably means your brain has determined that you're fine and you have the skills and you can use your brain for solving maybe a more complex emotional problem while you're driving. Right. But Mm -hmm. yeah, so then I think that could be what happened in this situation. Like certainly also, like if you've seen something really scary, or like stressful yeah I think if I passed a car accident and had that you know that any sort of encounter with a random stranger I probably wouldn't be thinking about anything else while I drove home either I probably would find myself at home not knowing how I got there just because it was a weird experience but he maintained I guess that he just truly felt like he also maybe didn't remember the car ride before that all he remembered was he saw a car wreck he talked to a guy and then he was home and also maybe then he was in his bed. Like, I think it extended a little further than just, I remember putting, turning my car on and I remember getting to my house. Like, I think the gap was wider. 
like I I like I believe remembered. Yes. No, no, I like I believe what he's saying. And I like I wasn't trying to explain away his No, no, no. I was just saying like that's a that's a time when like I've experienced like a blackout and I always go, oh right. like, but yeah, like I I mean I I don't see why that didn't happen to him. Right. Well, I think in my part, my brain always is like, well, but like, what are the other explanations? Let's run through them real quick. But um, yeah, I've, I think it just didn't make sense. Yeah, I wish I remembered the Mothman connection. I think my mom chose to tell those stories in the same spot on the ghost tour just because of their geographic connection. I don't know that there was much connection except for time period in West Virginia. Where was that? What was, where was the bridge? The, like the famous Mothman oh. prophecy. And for the win, yes. The, um, it was in Point Pleasant, West Virginia was the silver, the, well, there's a bridge in Point Pleasant that, um, yeah, that collapsed for, do you know the story? You might know better than me. Um, just basically collapsed for almost no reason and was attributed potentially to the Mothman. Yeah. So there, um, I think without knowing all of the details, there was, there were people that were claiming to have gotten these prophecies from a mothman telling yes. that that specific bridge was going to collapse and that there would be a huge tragedy in this place. Um, and I, I think people brought it up, like, so, like someone was like, it's gonna happen, like, and maybe brought it to the authority or just like talk, like he, he had talked to several people beforehand to be like, oh my, someone told me that this weird thing happened to me and someone and this apparition told me that this was going to happen. And people were like, no, 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 no. And then it did happen. It, like this person had this info, quote unquote, days before it happened. And people were like, that's stupid. That's silly. And then it did like the bridge collapsed with people on it. Um, yep. But I, yeah, I don't know. There's a movie about it, which is pretty terrifying. Like in like a week, it's not like, it's not that scary, but like it's scary. It's in a linger scary, you know? It's a linger scary. Like the Mothman is scary. And like just the idea that like, it's almost like a final destination type fear of like, oh, this inevitable like tragedy is about to happen. Mm -hmm. and it's so interesting because I mean, most, cryptid animals which by the way there was some television show that ran like back to back with scariest places on earth as a kid all about like the jersey devil mothman sasquatch chupacabra i forget what it was but every mm -hmm. episode was about a different terrifying little uh, hybrid demon creature and that scared the crap out of me but what's different is that they're kind of all just animals you you just in these legends they're just yeah there's this weird little animal that runs around the southwest and it sometimes it attacks wildlife and it, it doesn't know what it's doing but yeah. the mothman has a different kind of like consciousness communication ability that gets mm -hmm. that he gets like tied in with these other stories about like aliens and sentient creatures and this point pleasant story where yes it's coming back to me now and you're totally right where the a lot of people who were had mothman sightings around point pleasant in the weeks leading up to this um, bridge collapse this really tragic and unexpected bridge collapse like there are bridges that were built at the same time as that bridge that still stand with no problems in West Virginia like it wasn't an mm -hmm. old decrepit bridge yeah. and they really never nailed down exactly 
what caused it to collapse. Yeah. So some people think the Mothman is like a bad omen, like a like a harbinger of doom. Yeah. Are there any recent sightings of it? Like, have there been sightings mm. since the bridge, or is it like I'm here to do the bridge work and then float away? Well, there were definitely some way before that too, and I think there were some right after it. I can't think of any super recent ones, but um, my mom tells a story about the Mothman where this family, their last name was um, the uh, Partridge family, but they weren't the Partridge family, but they were the Partridges and they lived in like uh, Doddridge County, West Virginia. They were a band, but like, they, that's also just a coincidence. Just a coincidence. Definitely uh, had tambourines in their home. Nobody really knew why. Um, right. <laughs> had a tour bus, but like so normal. Not the same. Cutest <laughs> little show on TV, but like totally normal. <laughs> totally different. And they, um, yeah, I guess one night, Mr. Partridge, his uh, dog, this is scary, you guys. This is oh, a scary story no. because it involves oh, no. a dog. Okay. Um, he, he had, you know, he's a farm guy. His dog lives in the barn. That's where the dog's name is Bo. And Bo just lives in the barn. I mean, he's allowed to come inside, but he sleeps in the barn. He kind of keeps watch. Yeah. So Bo starts barking. Why is this so scary? But Bo starts barking very late at night in a way that doesn't sound normal. You know how this goes. Just a scary kind of dad. There's something happening. Please come out and check. Bark. Yeah. So Mr. Parstridge goes out to the barn. No sign of Bo. Is it Bo or is it Bandit? Oh shit. It's Bandit. Why am I thinking Bo? You guys, this ghost know, was... my, my eyes are already tearing up. So <laughs> either way. Well, you got her. Band, bandit or Bo? We'll just call the dog. Is Bo Bandit. He's not Bo Bandit. This is so, I didn't do any research on this. And these ghost <laughs> stories, I started hearing at age five and six. So, you know, it's like a, it's like a smoking wreckage in here. It's been right. many years. Um, it's working just fine. <laughs> the dog is, is missing and he doesn't hear the barking anymore. Um, there's no signs of like bad stuff happened, but it's just, he assumes that the dog has yeah, run off, gone inside, whatever. And on the top, while he's in the barn, he hears big footprints on top of the roof with claws but like a bird but very big and then he hears it kind of creeping around and um nothing bad really happens after that he just freaks out runs out of the barn um i think he might hear like like big wings and then sees two glowing red eyes in the woods no 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 and no, then no, they're no. gone and then they're gone and this no, nothing happens but the dog never returns no. so oh. either the dog was so scared that it ran off to the neighboring farm which is what i like to believe yeah. or it was dinner for the mothman i don't oh, know oh, yeah so but that was before this bridge collapsed so this was a this was a common known piece of lore around the mid-ohio west virginia valley that there was some very large bird-like man-like creature that was terrorizing the rural folk and then all of a sudden he decides to instead of eating dogs he decides he needs to bring pertinent information about bridges i don't know where that character shift started yeah you're like what's the message with the bridge that would what? be really interesting to to look up and like yeah. i'm just hesitant in typing in mothman into any of my search engines so if anyone else wants to do it um, <laughs> either you two or anyone listening and then they just send me the cliff notes because i don't it, actually want to 
bring that into my life. I just mm-hmm. want to know, like, what is the connection? Are there uh, recent sightings and like any other cool information you have on that? Please share. But also, I'm not going to do it myself. I'm just telling you right now. <laughs> <laughs> not as scary as the Jersey Devil. I don't know why, but the Jersey Devil stuff is so scary. I, I remember that one at all. What is the Jersey Devil? It's just a terrifying looking creature with like bird legs and a horse head and wings, bat wings. I listened to a, an episode of, of Lure, uh, or Lore, not Lure, Lore. Lure? <laughs> Sorry, and my vowels get all mixed up. No, I heard, what, I totally got it. Yeah, the, the, the podcast Lore, um, they had a whole episode on, which is also a podcast everyone should check out if you like creepy, weird stuff. Lore is awesome. Um, and there actually might be a pod, an episode about the Mothman. Um, there's definitely an episode that I love that's about, there's some city over near West Virginia, Pennsylvania, all that kind of stuff that's like literally underneath the ground, it's on fire. And it's been on fire for decades, since the 50s, because there's a coal mine and the coal mine caught fire. And there's so much ammunition that it has been burning since 1950 what i've heard of that i've heard of that look that up it is the cool i mean it's weird but like but it it it, and it, it makes the ground a little unstable and like the sulfur that comes up makes it toxic to live there so that town is a ghost town now um but look it up it might be pennsylvania okay i think it's called like not normal but it's called like something like it's a weird name and it's called like simple or normal Pennsylvania. And it's, it's, it's like the, un, like it, the entire underneath the town is all mine caves, uh, coal mining caves and it's mm-hmm. on fire and it's been, it's still to this day on fire. Okay. I'm like you with Mothman. I'm not going to look up caves. I'm not doing it. Okay. I, my biggest fears are being trapped in a coffin. Um, whether it's buried or not, I don't care. Uh, I will, I will freak out. Um, and then caves. And that's something I had to find out the hard way that I was afraid of. Oof. Oh, no. Wow. Yeah. Well, yeah. we were in a cave. Um, you and Anne? No. <laughs> oh. It was like on a trip um, where we went to like Cozumel one year and we did one of those cool little like kayak in a cave and there was like bats and stuff. And I grew up in this place called Natural Bridge Caverns and it was where we took like every field trip every year and it was a cave and I was never afraid of it. But we go to this one and I don't know, so I was just losing my mind. Like they, they offered us at the end, like they were like, you can swim through it if you want um, without the kayaks. And so Taylor and I were like, sure, let's do it. And then I was up on him with my head under the water, just enough to see because these bats were swinging so low at our heads. And I was just like freaking out about the darkness, thinking there's a shark at my feet. There's no shark there, but there is a shark there. If you think about it hard enough. And I panicked, I was panicking. And then anytime I see it on TV, I have to like sit really far back and watch it through my fingers. I don't know why. I'm not that claustrophobic, but I guess I am. So that's a lie. It was that specific experience, I think, that did it because it was water and bats and caves and yeah. darkness and country. I, oh, my other fear is being locked up abroad. 
because I don't know the law in America and I definitely don't know the no, law don't across the pond. Specifically, do not watch the movie Broke Down Palace. That, and that is the reason, that is the reason. And that is also why I'm scared of cockroaches because it climbs in her ear and she loses her hearing and I have never recovered, never. Have I told you my story about ears? I think I just gave the story away, but real quick, real quick. This, this is totally relevant. Okay. Um, so I showed up, um, in high school, I was in honors lit and we had this like cute little, like just fairy of a, of a teacher, of a professor and like could not reach all the way up on the board. So people would write poop at the very top of the chalkboard and she couldn't erase it. So she'd have to get like, (laughs) someone to get up and erase it for anyways she she like was gone one day had a sub came in the next day and she was like oh my gosh you'll never believe what happened and basically right before her and her husband went to bed a couple nights before um her husband saw a giant horse fly crawling around on their ceiling and he was like "Mm, it's late i'm just gonna go to bed i'll get it in the morning he wakes up at 3 a.m screaming bloody murder because his ear is on like lightning hot fire. No, no, no. So my teacher takes him to the emergency room. That fucking horse fly had crawled in and was scratching at Mm. his eardrum and biting it. They had to- And no. No, they had to Mm. cut that little thing into three different pieces to get it out of his ear. It was that big. He lost like 20% of his hearing in that year. Oh my God. So I hate that so much. I I have so many questions. I'm just saying the moral of my story, if I have any, is always like, I know some people are live and let live, bugs are alive. No, if you see a bug in your room before you go to bed, kill it because it will fucking crawl in your ear yeah if you cross the boundary into my house you have crossed into my territory and the shoe will come flying at you you don't have to kill it you can put it in a jar and then and and throw it outside but get mm-hmm. it out of your room before right. you get it away from your ears that get are it. open and apparently welcoming to such creatures i would think it would ne- that would be the last place it would want to go yeah. right yeah okay that's what yeah. i always tell myself i'm like that bug's not interested in me but that story but it is. It is. Yeah, it, I believe it. Everyone should know. Everyone should. It's a cautionary tale. Everyone should know it and everyone should learn from it. I sleep with my window open and you've now ruined my life. Thank you. <laughs> sorry. I am sorry about that. I will now be hey, sleeping in these headphones. In little earplugs. Hey, not a bad idea. Not a bad idea. Cute little like sleep muffs. Mm-hmm. I mean, I already sleep through my alarm, so this is a bad <laughs> setup, but that's okay. <laughs> you know what? Live your life. I'm sure it won't happen to you. Thank oh you. God. I'm going to knock somewhere. Well, okay. Uh, Scarlett, thank you so much for coming on here. Like, your stories were so great. And you oh, just, good. your energy is just amazing, and you've just brightened my week. This yeah, is the perfect way like to start. To see you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you guys have brightened my week entirely. I yes, my my mom, who I love very much, is is a little bit sick right now. So I thought I was gonna be sad talking about her, but not when I'm talking to you guys. Um, and she's gonna love listening to this, and it's gonna brighten her week as oh, well. Goodness. She literally sounds so cool. I can't wait for her to listen. 
she's going to have a lot of critiques for how I butchered these amazing <laughs> stories. Well, you know what? Like, what the hell are you talking about? If, if she truly feels like she has a lot of critiques, you can tell her we would love to have her on as well. Oh my God. Yes. If she has stuff to tell. I would die. Like, and then oh. the next step is we go out there and have a personal ghost tour so she yeah. can help, you know, any, any research that was, you know, butchered here, as you said. Oh, she would love to do that. She, she would have a blast. Absolutely. She's done so many radio interviews. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to like find one where she tells these stories that I told you, um, right. And then I'm going to send those to you. Like, I think I got the gist. I don't think I gave you false information, but I might have the chronology wrong. And since you guys like those stories so much, uh, she also has, you know what? I should just plug Susan Shepard. Susan Shepard has a book with all of these stories in it called Cry of the Banshee. Um, there's a banshee story in our hometown that is the highlight of the ghost story that she so cry of the banshee um, has all of these stories and more and um, she even has a novel where the mothman is a character oh and um, I'll I'm the I think it's I think it's eyes of the mothman and not eyes of the mothman it's not um, but I'm all I'll get you guys that information to maybe put in the description. Of yeah, we can, put it, we can put it in, in our description on, on Instagram or on wherever we post this and give us the information later. We'll put the correct stuff down there. Yeah, I'll put it in the show notes. And how funny is the last person we interviewed also had a mom who had a published work of like ghost stories kind of thing. Oh, cool. Um, my friend Travis, um, his mother lives in East LA and she's just like full of stories. The moms, I mean, coming through with the, the folklore moms are such natural storytellers. That intuition. Um, Oh, that too. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Scarlett, what about you? This is your time to shine, plug anything and everything you want everyone to go check out. Well, I'm an actor, so um, if you if you ever want to collaborate with me as an actor, that's my main thing that I do. But um, I've also been really getting into TikTok lately, and I've been getting uh, even more active on Instagram. Those are really where I'm the most active right now. But if you have um, for for like grown up content, it's not adult content. That sounds wrong. Just <laughs> all ages content. Um, but if you have kids who are bored at home and maybe really enjoy learning and want some fun educational content to watch, I have a YouTube series called Scarlet Studies. My most recent episode and guest stars on, I haven't done one in a while, and we talk about whether or not astrology is real. Um, most of them have a bit of a science uh, edge to them, a science um, theme. I have an episode all about um, the smell of space, and I have an episode about Um, your brain and what happens in your brain when you have a crash, um, brain chemistry. Oh, and also if you have any kids that are a fan of Totally TV, you can get a cameo from me. Or if you just want a cameo from me, I don't know why you want, I I want a cameo from that weird ghost girl who didn't know anything on that podcast. You can get a cameo (laughs) like that and I can ramble to you for money. Um, And so- (laughs) Scarlett, you will not be disappointed. All the links for all that stuff, just to make it easy, are in a link tree in the bio of my Instagram. So you can find like links to my IMDb and my YouTube channel and my TikTok and my Cameo on Instagram. And I'd love to have you. I try to make Instagram a fun place. It's hard right now. We're all just taking selfies and ranting on our stories. But if you're into that, I'd love to be followed and I'll follow you back. 
Yeah, she's got a great grid, y'all. It's colorful. It gives me all kinds of vibes that I look for on Instagram. Catchy, bright, fun, color. I love it. And Scarlet yes. Studies are, it is adorable. Oh, so. they're so good. Highly recommended. But yeah, just all my links are there and I'm happy to have been on this podcast and I'm so excited to listen to the one that you guys just did with this other guy. Ugh, and even more, exactly. I am excited for this panini to be over and we are going to plan a karaoke night immediately. Yes. It's going to happen very soon. You guys, I'm hearing some really in, like in, uh, heartening things about um, later this year. So fingers crossed, I'll get to see you guys in person soon. Not gonna but, all of my toes and fingers are crossed. <laughs> I'm turning 30 in late April, maybe maybe a park date I don't know something oh yeah girl we're close to Griffith you call us whenever okay oh uh, I'm serious okay I'm serious okay okay good okay good okay well <laughs> thank you so much for being thank on here you, so much. you know we'll what? have you back in like a year or something you can tell us any more stories or we'll have your mother on here and all that fun uh, stuff okay and I'll study next time sounds good <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, I love you and this was amazing. I know, I know this is love you guys. Me. Thank you for thinking of me. <laughs> Ugh, I miss y'all's faces so much. I want to grab them. <laughs> All right. Thank you for joining us, guys. If you have any stories you want to submit, always DM us or submit to spirit of the week pod at gmail.com. And we'll see you next week on Spirit of the Week. <laughs>